This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and follow your favorite Locked On host to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA on a Tuesday, everybody. I'm Wes Goldberg from the Mercury News and host of Locked On Warriors here with the host of Locked On Heat, David Ramil. We have a great show for you today. We break down the games with major playoff implications from Monday night, discuss the impact of Jalen Brown's season-ending injury and LeBron James's return tonight. But we begin today with Russell Westbrook, who made history Monday night by notching his 182nd career triple-double, passing the great Oscar Robinson for the most in league history. David, Westbrook's Wizards lost to the Hawks, and we'll get to that in a moment. But what do you make of Westbrook's accomplishment? Look, we've been talking about Russell a lot over the last couple of weeks, and I think deservedly so. And this is a point that I just saw on TV, actually, and it's a really good one about the specialization, how difficult it is to specialize in any one aspect, either as a good defender or as a good shooter, but to be a good scorer, a good passer, a good rebounder, to incorporate all of those, and especially at his size, is phenomenal. It just we don't take into consideration because of the other narratives that go tie into Russell Westbrook. The fact that he's been on three teams in three years, that he stat pads, that he chases down rebounds, that it's difficult to play with him. If you're a big man and things of that sort, there's all maybe the shreds of truth that kind of take away from the accomplishment itself. But the reality is that it's a phenomenal accomplishment it really really is and I, and I feel like he's not getting the kind of credit he probably deserves I know some people want to go to another extreme where they're saying maybe Russell deserves to be in the MVP consideration I don't go that far but just when you look at the historical context and this matters to players I remember even a couple of years ago just asking a, a variety of players about Russell as an MVP candidate when he first accomplished the feat of averaging a triple double over the course of the season and players by and large were in awe of what he was able to accomplish And I I feel like as fans, as people that cover the league, we should just be looking at what he can do on a nightly basis and just marvel at it because it's truly phenomenal. And I'm not sure that we we will ever be able to see something like this for a long time. Yeah, I thought that game kind of encapsulated the ultimate Westbrook experience, right? I mean, he finishes with 28 points, 21 assists, 13 rebounds on a team without Bradley Beal. Beal, by the way, is going to miss two games total with this injury, this hamstring injury that he's dealing with. Uh, But Westbrook pushes this team over a very talented Atlanta team that's been playing really well recently uh, and has moved all the way up to fifth in the Eastern Conference. But the Wizards are playing really well lately as well. And and Westbrook keeps them in the game. They score 45 Mm -hmm. points to Atlanta's 29 in the fourth quarter to make a run for this thing. And they have a chance to steal this game in Atlanta And Russell Westbrook comes down to the end of the court. And without really looking to do anything else, David, he chucks up a three-pointer, has no chance of ever going in, and the Wizards lose the game. And on a night where he got this historic triple-double and had this great accomplishment, I thought it really did encapsulate the ultimate Russell Westbrook experience. And so, look, I think this is the knock against Westbrook all along, is that he could put up these great numbers, but doesn't necessarily result in winning at the highest level, and we just haven't seen it. But I, I'm I'm starting to swing the other way, and 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 feel like you know what? Maybe this is just his legacy. Maybe this is just him. Maybe he is going to be Mr. Triple Double, as everybody keeps calling him now. 
and and he's not going to ever win a championship, and that's just okay because he's such a unique player. There is a relentlessness to him. You, you hear his teammates talk about him. Uh, you you know, fans who watch Russell Westbrook tend to fall in love with Russell Westbrook. Without uh, um, doubt. And, and there's something about that that is important, that is meaningful. And I know that you are kind of on that corner of rings don't mean everything. That's and right. in, in that world, Russell Westbrook, it's great to have him there because, like I said, there's a relentlessness with which he plays. And I think that stuff is meaningful, not only to the fans and for the league as an entertainment product, but for teams. I think Beal is one of the best uh, floor raisers in the league. Now, he obviously caps your ceiling. You're not winning a championship with Russell Westbrook on your team, not let alone your best player, but on your team. I don't think you're winning with Westbrook playing a, rota- a, a key role. But he is showing why that effort, that ability to play every single night is, is kind of pushing, pushing the Wizards into a, a nice position going into this play. And now, right now, as we, as we talk, they're 10th in the Eastern Conference. But over these last few weeks, over the last 15 games, David, they're – fifth in net rating they are seventh in defensive rating and fourth in offensive rating you look at these playing teams in the east boston charlotte indiana washington you can make an argument that the last team you want to play is washington and right now they're last in the standings of those four teams yeah that's a great point i I think you know they're just as dangerous as anybody at a night-to-night basis when you have the constant effort and that can be taken away from him you look at the inefficiency all you want to and certainly there have been some questionable shots over the course of his career but the effort is always there and then you complement that with some really quality scoring in davis bertans or bradley beal or somebody else that's capable of stepping up on a nightly basis and then you you, you i mean they've been playing very well just as a cohesive unit it seems like for all the talk about Russell, we kind of overlook, and something that you just hinted at, the fact that his teammates do love him. They, they seem to play better and more engaged with him. Now, is that going to translate into any actual playoff success? Unfortunately not. You need a Kevin Durant to help really carry somebody like Russell Westbrook along because he is a generational scorer, an incredible defender, and everything else. But I think with Westbrook on that roster, they've got a good chance of at least being dangerous. He's fun to watch, and that's what the play-in tournament's all about. It's making things exciting for teams like Washington that haven't sniffed the playoffs in a while. And again, you pointed out, the fans love him. His teammates love him. It's great to see the possibility of Westbrook in the playoffs. Most of his teammates love him. We saw Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Paul George all try to get away from him. But other than the really great teammates, most teammates love him. Um, I, and one other thing, I keep, you know, there's a thing out there that, hey, Russell Westbrook is doing this on in an era where nobody cares about defense and nobody boxes out and all this stuff, and this is why he's able to grab 10 rebounds and, and score all these points and get all these assists and all this That's stuff. ridiculous. Russell Westbrook, we're, we're talking about the Oscar Robertson record, which we thought was previously unbeatable, right? Untouchable. In Oscar Robertson's era, so first of all, Russell Westbrook did this in about 100 fewer games than Oscar Robertson, and Oscar Robertson set his record in an era where, where teams were basically taking – 30 to 40 more shots per game. Like that was that back then that was the really fast pace. Everybody puts up shots. Nobody cares about defense era. That was that era. Not not, again, not taking anything away from Oscar Robertson, but if we're going to compare and as we do with these records, we do tend to compare Russell Westbrook's is, is absolutely legitimate. Yeah. I don't think there's any denying that. Like, I don't know why we have to compare things. Like, eras are different. Scoring is different. Defenses are different. Maybe defenses are played differently now than they were 41 years ago. But that's not to say that you haven't prepared for what Westbrook 
Westbrook can do. And, and look, again, as a singular player, he's a force out there. It, it, like nobody or very few players, obviously, have been able to do all the different things that he can do offensively, to pull down a board, to make that pass, to constantly be able to, to push the ball up and try to ignite the offense and make a play for somebody else. That's a hell of a, an accomplishment, and I don't think that should be taken away from him. The fact that you normally tend to think of triple doubles being in the, the realm of a guy like LeBron James or, or Magic Johnson who had this superior physicality that other you know players at their respective positions couldn't match, you know, Westbrook is different. He's smaller than they are by a wide margin, and he's still able to pull down those boards. He's still able to make passes over bigger defenders. Let's not take anything away from him. Just, you know, uh, what is it? Comparison is the thief of joy. Let's, not, let's just focus on Westbrook being good at what he does. Maybe not enough games for Washington to move all the way into the 7-8 game, but they're going to play yep. right now Indiana in that 9-10 game. I like Washington's chances. If they win that game, they'll, win, they'll, they'll have to win another game in order to be the eighth seed. If they end up as the eighth seed, David, they'll play Philadelphia, who right now is, has a three-game lead over Brooklyn for that one seed. Philadelphia versus Washington. Like, look, I don't think that the 76ers are losing that series, but I don't think that they're yep. thrilled to be dealing with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal in a first round series where it could have been Indiana or Charlotte uh, that maybe not, they might not take so much uh, effort out of them the way that Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal might. The, the drama of Embiid versus Westbrook. I mean, no love lost between those two. That should be a fun series. That's a good point. Coming up, the Warriors get a big win over the Jazz and the play in picture in the West gets clear. But first, David, let's talk about locker room. Yeah, this episode is brought to everybody by Locker Room. It's the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. We've both hosted rooms for Locked On Warriors and Locked On Heat. And you can join us on the conversation if you listen to here every day. Locker Room is a perfect place to start or join conversations of your own about the NBA. You'll find fans just like you in Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the big news or rumors, and you'll have a chance to chat with us at some point later on this week. Be sure to join all of your favorite Lockdown hosts. So go download the free Locker Room app, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. I can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the Heat and Warriors. See you there. Locker Room is changing the way we talk about sports. Even before their win over the Jazz, the Warriors clinched a spot in the play-in tournament thanks to a Pelicans loss. Steph Curry scored 36 points, including the game-winning three-pointer with 15 seconds left. And the Warriors are in position to earn the number eight seed in the play-in tournament in the Western Conference. David, are the Warriors the most dangerous team in the play-in tournament? I think so. I've made that case uh, on a poll for all, all of the locked-on hosts. Uh, I think the Warriors are definitely the most dangerous. I, look, you could give some possibility to the the Lakers just because they have two superior talents there but you can't deny the ignitability of a player like Curry like the fact that he can change the outcome of a game so completely and so quickly by just putting up 30 points in a quarter something he's capable of doing on a nightly basis I think that certainly makes him much more dangerous in just the terms of unpredictable right like you could be up by a pretty large comfortable margin and all of a sudden curry could heat up in the third and fourth quarter and you find yourself in the losing end very quickly that's what makes them so dangerous to me and then they've got just enough around them draymond had a big game against uh, uh, the tonight against the jazz and i think you have just enough around stefan where you can change the game and, and again find your way into the playoffs 
they're getting enough lately, right? Where um, yeah, we talked about this before, pretty yeah. pretty consistently. And, and Steph, you know, he's got this ability. I mean, it's just every night, it's just thirty something points, right? It's just it's it, he's gonna probably win the scoring title here uh, on a night where. Utah really tried to lock him up. And by the way, people are going to try to take away from this win for the Warriors saying Utah didn't have Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. That's fair. Uh, it, it's, it's okay to it say, have you know what, Utah, it, I don't think it would have mattered all that much. Uh, first of all, the, and, and I, that's almost to a credit to the Jazz. They're sure. so deep. And they locked up Steph for so much of the game despite him scoring 36 points. He went 11 for 25, 3 of 13 from three-point range. Missed 10 of his first 12 three-pointers. Didn't matter. He still had... And missed, by the way, the first attempt at the at the go-ahead three-pointer. They get Kevon Looney gets the offensive rebound. Uh, Draymond Green kicks it back to uh, Steph, and Steph makes that second three-point try because, of course, he was going to. Uh, and and there, there's just a confidence with him that he's going to be able to make that, and a confidence that everybody, like, everybody knew that was going in despite him missing 10 of his first 12 three-pointers. Everybody on the planet knew that was going in. Um, so I think this is a good statement win by the Warriors, and it shows that like, even against Utah that was without – you know, their, their full starting backcourt that they're capable of beating any team in the league because they have Steph Curry and because Draymond Green has been playing really well. And because they're, and when they get enough from their supporting cast, 19 points for Kent Bazemore, 14 for Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, 20 points off of the bench. It's not going to be enough, David, for them to win a full playoff series. But if you're Utah or you're Phoenix, one of these teams at Golden State, if they make it out of this playing tournament, is going to face in the first round. You're just—it's—it's it's just like this Wizards thing that we just talked about. You're just like, golly, are you serious? Like, we got to play these guys in the first yeah. round like that. We just don't want to do this. And, and I think for the Warriors, maybe they can play—maybe uh, not so much spoiler, right? But Steph Curry said this after the game uh, to uh, uh, to us during the media availability. Maybe there's some 2013-14 vibes happening here where they just they cause a ruckus. They, get, they, they cause a hard time for whoever is playing with them. And maybe they could throw them off Utah or Phoenix off their game a little bit and in that way play, play spoiler a little bit. Tire them out for whatever the next round is. I don't know. For the Warriors, the whole thing is about getting experience for the rest of this, these guys where you try to make a run for next year. But, uh, yeah, nobody wants to face them uh, if they come out of that play-in. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not getting we believe type vibes there. I don't think they're, they're I don't think they're really going to be able to knock off any of these better teams in the Western Conference. But to your point, yeah, nobody wants to play them. Like you don't want to be chasing Steph around screens all game long. You don't want to be, you know, having to be subjected to his incredible offensive outbursts on a nightly basis. That those things make you tired like you as a fighting all season long for the first seed in the in the western conference and then saying to yourself oh we got to go up against a former mvp or you know even if you have to play the lakers i mean right now they're the seventh and eighth seed that these are very you know it's not quite the same impact that it has been in, in the past years where you fight for all, for these accomplishments of having the best records in your respective conference and then all of a sudden you get to face one of these really really yeah. tough teams there so it's uh it's gonna be interesting man like I, i'm I, i've been kind of talking about this over the last couple of weeks with you but the more we get closer to this playing tournament it seems like it's just very exciting i, I imagine fans in general maybe they're kind of gravitating towards the comments from luka Doncic and LeBron. LeBron James, but overall, how can you not be excited about the prospect of a, a one-game playoff, basically, versus LeBron or you know LeBron versus Steph? I mean, that's 
that's two marquee names there. That's as big as it gets. I mean, yeah. that's what you want out of an early round in the place. That's not even part of the quote unquote playoffs. It's just the playing tournament and still features two of the best players in the league. Well, the smart thing that the NBA did too was you kind of layer stakes in the plans. Like it's better to be in the 7-8 game than the 9-10 game, right? Because you only have to sure. win one to advance versus two if you were in the 9-10 game. So that's interesting too because we're just – all these games matter where you're jockeying for position to see who's going to make it. Uh, and unlike the Lakers, the Warriors' stars in Steph and Draymond are healthy. The Lakers are better when their stars are healthy, but we don't know if that's the case. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But first, I want to get to the all-NBA ballot, David, which is receiving – a fair bit of criticism after the NBA opted to list many of the candidates in multiple positional categories. For example, Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic can both be voted in as forwards, even though they neither have, of them have played anything but center all season. There's a ton of examples up and down the ballot. David, what do you think about the NBA's evolving voting process? Well, I think it's indicative of the the reality that they recognize it's a flawed process. Like, I think the more you talk about the the minutia and how positionless today's NBA is, you have to recognize that it's an archaic form of voting for these kinds of players. They just don't adhere to any one position. I mean, it, it, Jokic isn't even a typical center. He's just the tallest guy out on the floor. That shouldn't, you know, pigeonhole him into any one particular position. And and so I, I'm glad that the NBA has recognized this. To me, it's also a little bit too little, too late. And I think it, you have to go even further. Like uh, for all the changes they talk about as progressive as the league sees itself at times, they need to do more to change this because players' legacies are being formed and broken as a result of not being able to to get a certain award or qualify for a certain thing because you know there's a position that might be stocked with talent. It's not fair to the individual players who we all recognize are great uh, for their impact overall over the course of a season or even over the course of their career. And yet, you know, a, a, something as archaic, again, or, or old as a positional label seems to dictate whether or not fans view them as great in their respective eras. Yeah, so it sounds like because the criticism we're seeing, right, is that, hey, either make everybody one position, the position that they are, or just make it positionless instead yes. of this weird stuff where you've got Embiid and Jokic who can be listed as forwards, even though they haven't played a lick of forward all year long, but you have somebody like Rudy right. Gobert who can only be played at center. And the logic behind that is, I don't know. And, and <laughs> uh, but like Luka Doncic is another example. He could be voted in as a guard or a forward. And it's just weird. I a lot has been made about this and I just I, I don't get it I don't think it's all that big of a deal uh, I don't think like people are like well if you have a first team you could put Nikola Jokic as your starting center and Joel Embiid as your starting forward and that's crazy and I'm just like I don't I don't care if we think that Embiid and Jokic are among the best five players in the NBA this season then I don't care what position they make. I don't care if you make Joel Embiid the point guard of the All-NBA first team. They don't actually have to play this game. And, and five years from now, when you're talking about legacies, David, you're absolutely right. Five years from now, nobody's going to be like, Joel Embiid made it as a forward on the first team. No, five years from now, you'll talk about Joel Embiid being a first-teamer on the All-NBA team from this season. Nobody talks about what position these guys make it as. If anything, yeah, maybe you're getting to the point where you're gravitating toward – uh, positionless. I don't know how much I like positionless. Like, do we really like you get to a point where, okay, do you think that Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid and Rudy Gobert should all be on the first team? Cause that's a little weird. This is at least got the outlines of the contours of a, of a normal type of, or a traditional type of basketball lineup. Even if you want to end up with, uh, you know, 
Luka Doncic is a forward and Joel Embiid is a forward. I, I don't mind it as long as you have like the right guys in there. If we think that the best five guys, if you can get the best five guys on the first team and the next five guys on the second team and the next five guys after that on the third team, I'm going to be okay with it. Yeah, but I, I mean, you kind of have to lean towards positionless for that to happen, right? I mean, yeah, if it's I'm the okay best five it. guys, well, yeah, I mean, but it, it sounds like it sounded to me anyway, even hearing you talk about that, you weren't exactly fond of the positionless idea. But I, I mean, if you get the five best players on the floor, maybe you ignore a couple of positions. You know, maybe you don't have your tra- traditional guard. But I mean, look at LeBron James. I mean, is he a point guard or a forward? You yeah. know, where's I don't know how much I want to go positionless because there's been there's years where you can end up with four point guards on the first team if you think that those are four of the best five players and there's definitely some value in being the best at your position whatever we define position as I think there's value in that like it's, it's incredible that LeBron has been a first team forward for so many years if when you consider how many great forwards are, have been playing in his era right like that that to me matters a little bit. I, I want a little bit of boundary, even if it's a little weird, even if like the way the sausage is made is a little ugly. I don't mind it because if you look at this year, David, I mean, I think there's six or seven guys that you can really talk about as being as the best five players. I think Steph, Luca, Chris Paul, um, Giannis. Uh, uh, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic. Jokic. Like those, so, those six, six or seven names I just talked about. Like if you, and you can with the, with with the parameters that the NBA has right now, you can get five of those guys on your first team, and it would still look like a normal basketball lineup in in, in some respects. Yeah, I mean, I disagree with the Chris Paul insertion there, but overall, oh. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, has he been one of the best players? I think we talked about this last year, well, last week when we were talking about the coach of the year. Like it, that team is just good, and I feel like we're kind of correcting course too much by saying Chris Paul has been one of the MVP candidates of the league. But no, I, I don't think MVP candidate, but I, I certainly think he's got a a claim at All NBA first team. I mean, he, his season has mattered so much, and I think the. The All NBA teams. Ooh, now you're talking about off the court stuff and mentorship. No, 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 not off court stuff. I'm just well, look, off, mentorship contributes to winning. That that contributes to on the court stuff. I mean, Ooh. I'm not talking about like his volunteer hours, but I'm talking, like, you know, I'm, like, <laughs> it, I think that Chris yeah. Paul this year has he's just like what he's doing with Phoenix. I'm not giving all the credit to him. You know, credit to Devin Booker, who's also by the way eligible as a forward. Um, you know, whatever, but. Uh, yeah, I just bigger picture. I think that this is fine. And a lot of people are, are, you know, creating a ruckus for, for no real reason. I think we'll be, I think we'll be just fine. I made the case earlier on another podcast, but I I just want the, the contracts to not be tied to these kinds of award selections anymore. It's so disingenuous and so imperfect. And, and guys are getting robbed of a lot of money that teams try to kind of sweep under the rug and say, Oh, well, if you get these kind of bonuses, you know, if you, if you reach this pinnacle or get this award or anything like that, then you'll get a a huge bonus your way. It's so unfair because it's so unlikely. And all these different factors that we're talking about and debating and have no clear cut result for, will wind up costing somebody millions of dollars. Yeah. Uh, how one injury has removed a team from the field of championship contenders. We're going to talk about that next. But first, let's talk about Rock Auto. 
Yeah, it's, a, it's so hard to find the right car parts for your car or truck. You know, sometimes you go to a store and you ask these questions and they start looking at you funny because you don't know what you're talking about. And then they start plugging in things into their computer. What's the point? You've got access to computers at home or in your pocket and you have access to rockauto.com. They're a family-owned business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can choose from hundreds of manufacturers and they're easy to use site and you get everything you need with just a few easy clicks delivered directly and safely to your door. RockAuto.com's low prices are the same for everybody. So go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Then go to the section that says, how did you hear about us and enter locked on so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. That's RockAuto.com. And when you save a little money at Rock Auto, you can go and make even more money at Bet Online because it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online but there's tons of sports action with the start of the new wnba season the nba playoffs the nhl and much more so head over to bet online on your laptop or on your mobile device check out the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information and much more don't sit on the sidelines anymore this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit, Ben Online, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. All right, let's get to some other scores from around the NBA, David. The Cleveland Cavaliers had nine players sit out due to injury and still put up a valiant effort, but the Indiana Pacers got 25 points out of Kellen Martin, while DeMontis Sabonis was one assist shy, shy of a triple-double to lead Indiana 111-102 to stay at ninth in the Eastern Conference playoffs. I, I love the, the question mark at the end of Kellen Martin. Like, who is this person? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, the yeah. Memphis Grizzlies locked up a spot in the West play-in tournament with a 115-110 win over the Pelicans. The Pelicans were without Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram and are now Two and a half games out of the playing tournament, their hopes are uh, on a string right now, David. Yeah, barely. Yeah, uh, the San Antonio Spurs set a franchise record with 90 first half points on their way to a 146. 125 win over the Milwaukee Bucks. Not a lot of defense that night. The win helps the Spurs maintain their lead over the Pelicans for the last spot in the playing tournament. And the Blazers get 22 points from their bench, but still beat the Houston Rockets 140 to 129. Both teams shot over 25% from three-point range, but Portland won their third straight game while Houston lost their fifth straight to ensure they'll finish with the worst record in the league. It's time to play NB ad-libs where we fill in the blanks on the biggest stories from around the NBA. The Bradley Beal slash Kent Bazemore beef is blank, Wes. It is Twitter outrage uh, encapsulated. <laughs> it, 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 this thing, so just to recap really quick on what's happened here. So Bradley Beal asked about Steph Curry uh, being in front of Bradley Beal for the scoring title at shoot-around Monday morning, made a joke that, you know, Beal had to uh, uh, suffer a hamstring. strained hamstring in right. order to try to maintain some sort of edge here because Beal's scoring average is 31 point something and Steph Curry's is 31 point a little bit higher. And, and I guess that, you know, the, what Bazemore was insinuating was that if Beal was playing, there would be a chance of that average coming down because both of their averages are so ridiculously high this season. And then Bradley Beal got a, a whiff of it because that clip made the rounds on social media and then just went on a Twitter uh, uh, firestorm about how 
Kent Bazemore is soft and how he would never talk bad about Kent, uh, about Kent Bazemore. And then in those same tweets was talking bad about Kent Bazemore and all these things. And it was a whole lot to do. And then Kent Bazemore at the end of that Warriors game came out and said that he was just joking, which obviously he was. And uh, that, you know, Beal, I guess, took it the wrong way, but that he stood by what he said and, and by the joke and all these things. So I don't know that this is going to uh, go away immediately. It probably end up being gone by, you know, in a day or so. But uh, I just it, it was just a whole lot to do about nothing. And it got Twitter pretty riled up. Yeah, uh, it seems to me like it's mostly just pointless. Um, but, you know, credit to Bradley Beal, I guess, for looking for some inspiration, even as he's sitting out due to injury. Uh, you know, players always look for these perceived slights and they're going to go at each other. I, I mean, I, I guess Bazemore, if he was just joking around, probably maybe he should realize he, uh, he was dealing with somebody a little bit more sensitive. You wonder about Bradley Beal, what he's focused on. Maybe he is focused a little bit more on that, even though he did wind up getting hurt in a, in a victory for Washington and a chance to improve their play in standings Jalen Brown will miss the rest of the season with a torn ligament in his wrist this is blank for the Celtics David disastrous I don't think I'm overstating things like I, I you know they they still have Tatum they still got Marcus Smart they still got Kemba Walker it's a fine team but they're already staring the the play in tournament uh, right in the face and I don't know that they were going to be able to make much news anyway in the playoffs there were already a team that was kind of questionable because they've been so inconsistent all season long and now without their second best player I don't know that they can do any actual damage like they're they're not a guarantee to move out of the play in tournament should they even find one you know facing a good matchup in the play in tournament and so not only for this season but now you're looking at long term ramifications about roster changes and you know whether or not they have to blow up this team whether or not Brad Stevens gets to hang on to his job like maybe we're just talking about these things over we're overblowing them somewhat, but it's going to have important ramifications for this team and for a Celtics franchise that's somewhat frustrated because they haven't been able to get the most out of this very talented roster. It's a wrap for the Celtics, David. Uh, this you you said it. I don't know that they can even beat Charlotte in the playing tournament, and even if they by even if they did, or even if they lost and beat the winner of Indiana and Washington, which again, I think I would take Washington in a, in a one game for, for a playoff spot over Boston right now. But even if they did, they're playing Brooklyn. Uh, maybe Boston full strength would be able to beat Brooklyn or possibly Milwaukee in that first round game, first round series. But this is it, man. It's a wrap on the Celtics season. It was honestly probably a wrap before that. I don't think anybody really took the Celtics seriously as a contender. But now this the possibility of them getting hot and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum just uh, uh, leading the Celtics to some sort of uh, upset in the playoffs. I just, it's done. And I think you're onto something like the way that the Celtics have uh, been so underwhelming all year versus their expectations. And, right. and by the way, not outside expectations, their own expectations, right? Like let's not put this on anybody else, but them, it, 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 it kind of leads you to think that maybe, this is going in a different, like Kemba Walker has not been great for them this year. And there's been su such a talent drain over the last few years there in Boston that they, it feels like they need to make some real changes and uh, uh, not making the playoffs at all. I think might hasten those changes a little bit. Without a doubt. After missing 24 of the last 26 games with an ankle injury, LeBron James is expected to return in time for the Lakers game against the Knicks Tuesday night. This is blank for the Lakers. It's about time, David. Uh, the Lakers need to find out if LeBron James is healthy or not. LeBron James needs to figure out if he's healthy or not, because if he's not healthy, they have no chance to win the championship this year.
Right. I think this is necessary for the Lakers. Like LeBron himself said, it doesn't matter whether you're not there in the playing tournament, whether or not they're the fourth or fifth seed or anything like that. If his, he's not healthy, the Lakers aren't accomplishing anything. And so for them, all of their hopes are pinned on his health, his ankle, and whether or not he's able to bounce back. I think it's a little risky because you don't want to possibly damage his ankle any further. But right now you're staring at the playing tournament and that's not a guarantee that you're going to be able to advance unless you have him back at hundred percent health. So you need to get him out there. It's a very difficult balance for them because you need to get him out there so you can win the last few games of the season and potentially avoid the playing tournament. But at the same time, you risk further injury for a deeper playoff run. So it's going to be interesting to monitor what happens with LeBron's health, just as always. It's also must see the TV tonight. Knicks Lakers, LeBron playing against Julius Randle and RJ Barrett. Derek Rose, I mean, I'm excited for this. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked On NBA wherever you listen to podcasts for 30 minutes of the NBA's top stories every day. We'll be back here next Tuesday. In the meantime, you can find me at Locked On Warriors and David over at Locked On Heat. Now get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening.